episode 180 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on October the 16th, 2022. My name is Eric. I am the host of the show based in Southern Ontario. A hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and of course, computer geek. That uh, took me a little while to find the go live button this evening. Uh, as a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. I'm Ian. I live on Vancouver Island, where I have a small hobby farm. Oh, shit, it's the wrong week. Uh, I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security <laughs> expert, and overall safety trainer. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I am a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. Hey, everybody. I'm Brad. I'm in eastern Ontario. Consider myself a part-time amateur prepper since about 98, constantly trying to better myself. I'm Greg. I'm in southeast Georgia, former U.S. Army infantryman, avid prepper, and whiskey enthusiast. And sometimes a big jerk. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes. My name is Pierre. I'm a beard owner, t-shirt designer, government hater, and kind of a part-time prepper. Just kind of? <laughs> well, yeah. More like so. I want everybody to know everything. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. Help, kind of person. It is. If if you want to help support the support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. Uh, we've got the Canadian Prepper Podcast T-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch available at PrepperPodcast.ca. All proceeds do help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, or just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right. We've got some uh, chilling content for you in this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, terrible. <laughs> we're going to start off with some recent news articles. Then we're going to update our personal preps and let you know what we've done uh, in, the, in the last uh, week or so. Then we're going to get into the main topic. We're talking about winter preps because, uh, yeah, old man winter is coming. Let's uh, move into the news, shall we? Um, put this one in just for Scott. It's a uh, it's a, a link to an article from London. Um, Canada Post decided that it was unsafe to deliver to specific tenants or to a specific uh, building, and so you just simply can't get your packages to your door the way you're supposed to. So, um, my takeaway from that is the government can just decide not to deliver to you, kind of as they wish. So that's um, that's great for our infrastructure system. Well, they can decide what you're allowed to do. Supply chain bad enough, right? <clears throat> hey, as long as the Amazon packages show up. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to be an issue for any other delivery service, just Canada Post. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> so I've, I've got a couple here, um, just continuing on with the preparedness part of it. Uh, 21 days after Hurricane Fiona hit the uh, East Coast, uh, there are still 2,900 um, customers without power on uh, PEI. I haven't heard the number, or I didn't check the number anywhere else, so that's my bad. But just think about that. It, those, some of those people have been 21 days without power. So uh, They must stink. <laughs> yep. I, I think actually somebody... Uh, Somebody put something in the Discord. I, I made some comment about that, and they're like, yeah, you should see all these smelly people at the Canadian Tire. 
Oh. Yeah, that was the uh, off-grid prep family in PEI. Yeah. Yep. I chatted with her back and forth a little bit, and yeah, it had, she said the same thing on Instagram that, uh, yeah, it was pretty smelly seeing some of these people in the lineups at the Canadian Tire. It was huge. But they're again they're they're those are the unprepared so mm -hmm. you know or are they prepared because um, if you smell people leave you alone that Ooh. is true though valid point true. Yep. Mm -hmm. i like it i like where this is going <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> it is and a good point my, though, uh, my second the, article uh, the whole 21 days thing it's a uh, kind of it yeah. kind of lets lets people know like that kind of thing can happen and a drawn out power outage is, is a reality. Yeah. And it's, it's happening right now. So it's yep. worthwhile looking into and getting ready for. Yeah. And the second one I put down was just kind of a, a, a unique information kind of thought process thing. Uh, so hurricane Ian or Alan, whichever one you want, um, <laughs> the storm surge in Fort Myers beach, uh, Florida was 15 feet. So just, just, you know, a lot of people down there, they're in mobile homes. They're in, I bet you. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I bet you <laughs> their, uh, their buildings weren't even to the peak were 15 feet. So they were totally underwater. So just kind of gives you a thought on, you know, a little bit of perspective on what, what happened down there and how bad it was. Classified uh, is going to be full of used trailers for sale cheap. It it, it does it does bring uh, like a, a really good kind of food for thought, right? Like if you're if you're near where where storm surges can happen, right? That you know, 15 feet is the height of a house. It's the height of my garage. Now I happen to be, you know, a thousand miles inland, so it's not you know the biggest risk for me. But if you live if you live in that area, um, I mean, even where Greg is, there's there's fallout from that storm. So that's you know, yeah. Luckily, it's, 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 it's definitely thing, a sobering, definitely a sobering thought. Yeah, luckily the only thing I got because like where I'm at, I'm in the middle of everywhere else that got hit. So I'm like right on, right outside all those areas. Um, but yeah, the only only damage I really had was you know that tree that fell through my home gym. Not wasn't too thrilled about that. I was just standing out there too, and it was like, poof, just come and just pick it up and move it. I mean, no. <laughs> then I guess, then I guess you weren't using your home gym. <laughs> Not during a hurricane. <laughs> and you call yourself a prepper. Yeah. It's like out here trying to get swole. You know, it's fine. Next thing I know, I'm, <laughs> this isn't Kansas. What? <laughs> Um, I put a news article in here about uh, the government, specifically in Ontario, um, excessive long wait times at hospitals for people coming in on ambulances, as well as uh, walk-in patients. Um, they've gone up. I mean, this article says 53% for most, um, almost 12 hours wait time. If you're staying, being admitted, almost 48 hours. Uh, it takes almost two hours if you're coming in on an ambulance to be uh, passed over um, before the paramedics can leave and all that stuff. So it's just, you know, kind of makes you think when you know there's something like this, you know, try and be a little extra cautious. Obviously, there's <laughs> scenarios where you need to get to the hospital, but uh, 
also maybe being able to uh, self-sustain yourself and understand how some medical stuff, you know, super glue the super glue it shut instead of going to try and get stitches might be a better option in this case if you're, it's going to take you two days off of work and three days of rest. So, yeah, just something to keep it, in mind. It's also you know, kind of telling that um, if you if, if ambulances are taking that long to offload, um, that means there are just simply aren't ambulances to respond. I know that happened in, in this yeah. area um, not terribly long ago in the last couple of weeks where there was there was like there was nobody for like several hours. There were no ambulances available. They were all in queue to offload. That's a scary yeah, thought as well. That is. Yeah, that's nuts. And then the other thing is, even if you even have an ER room to go to, um, part of the um, South Bruce Gray Hospital Service Area or whatever is the uh, Chelsea Hospital, and they have closed their emergency room until at least the 2nd of December. So, yeah. oh, so it's appointment only. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you have to plan your emergency accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not just that there was rolling, rolling out or not outages, but closures, right? Like, Hey, we're going to close for a few days. So you'd have to travel across town, you know, and, and all that just due to shortages of all those people we laid off for other reasons. But yep, yeah. So yeah, just you know, something to always keep in mind, especially in this scenario that you know, maybe trying to dive off the roof onto the trampoline into the pool <laughs> may not be the best time. Oh, don't forget do you have to have beer. You don't <laughs> spill your beer doing that. Yeah, yeah don't you have? Yeah, to yeah. I mean, that it's that okay. goes without saying. But I'm just saying. It's okay, like, it's bourbon. Yeah. The nice thing is, though, you'll probably be able to finish your beer before the ambulance shows up because they're still at the mm. hospital. But, you know. Just so we actually had that know. issue here. Uh, the county I work for, for the forestry, um, there, I can't remember when exactly it was. Jessica was telling me about it. Uh, it was like last week or week before there was a car crash. And. For the entire county, they, they had one ambulance. One ambulance. And I think it took like two and a half hours. The chi the lady was, was pinned in her car. She was trapped, broke leg, all that good stuff. You know, it's pure adventure. Wild. Um, and they, they didn't get to her for like two, two and a half hours, I think. That's wild. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is a long time. So, in my opinion, I feel like the smarter thing to do instead of just waiting there, I feel like, you know, call a tow truck. Just have the tow truck take her. Put her in there. You know? I don't know. Can, you, yeah, can you just imagine a tow truck showing up and you're like, yeah, there's a person in that. I'm not moving that. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, don't worry about it. Here's a 20. Quit asking questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to see a lot worse than that. <laughs> it is some good food for thought for people that get thinking about that thing is, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you find yourself in some kind of an emergency situation, uh, things are backed up right now. It's just the reality of the way the uh, medical system's going. And, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, be prepared for such, uh, such events. Cause unfortunately somebody listening to the show here is going to, at some point in time, end up having to use medical services of some sort. And, uh, be prepared. There's going to be a backlog. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how you're supposed to 
prepare to get trapped in a car, um, in a car wreck. <laughs> but yeah. maybe, maybe y'all think about that and get back to me. Let me see. What we can. Uh, that would have been episode thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep. laughs> there's, there's a good chance we covered that. At some point. <laughs> Most likely, somewhere along the line, we've covered it. it. It's probably covered under the avoid doing such things. But you know, <laughs> if listen, if you're gonna get trapped in a car. You know, make sure you do it at the right time when you don't have to have an appointment for the emergency room near Hmm. the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Or the fire department near the the fire hall, not the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Or the tow operator. Yeah, exactly. Just wait for the guy with the 3,500. He'll be there. There (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shall we move into what we've done lately for preps? Sure. A bit of fuel rotation in the last few weeks. Lots of work, 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 a little bit more work, some sleep, and then some work again. Um, finished insulating the underside of my mudroom and 98% done closing in all around it, like making a skirt because it's on stilts off of the house. Uh, working on the yard cleanup before old man winter comes a calling. Uh, this week, hopefully, to get the grass cut for the last time and then start Got on my vehicle preps enough. next weekend if everything works right. That's me. Thanks. And I uh, finally got my hands on my pressure canner. Thanks, uh, Pierre. Uh, I started uh, swapping out my uh, my vehicle uh, bag from summer to winter. Uh, did some outdoor uh, preps for the winter. Cleaned the gutters, took the AC out of the window, etc. And uh, met with a local prepper group today for a mm-hmm. nice little chat. That was a lot of fun. Uh, for myself, a uh, common theme going on here with everybody. Uh, so I got the yard tools kind of tuned up and ready to go. So we've got a couple of big maples here that uh, drop a bunch of leaves. Um, some people are going to scream at me for the following comment, but I blow those leaves around and move them. Um, yes, some people say leave them. Yell at me if you'd like. Um, got the uh, the backyard fence pretty much all up and going. It's about 85% complete. I need 160 more boards. So we're short a few, just one or two. I know so a guy with a sawmill. There you go. I happen to have a sawmill <laughs> next door. It's very okay. convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so those boards are uh, should actually be ready to go. So I'll get those uh, get those put up. Um, almost all the trees are out of the backyard that were dropped, thanks to uh, Jeff. He has been working tirelessly getting those all uh, chopped up and hauled away. Uh, just a little bit of small cleanup left to go. Uh, touching on the whole medical um, scenarios that we were talking about just a minute or two ago, had a pretty good wake-up call on the level of our medical system. Um, our little guy had to go to emerge. Everything's good, but uh, he had some breathing issues going on. And uh, yeah, it was about a four-hour wait. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but uh, eventually they did, uh, did get him in and, and looked at, and like I said, everything's fine. But uh, even just finding a doctor in the area right now that... Uh, can look at the kiddos because both of them are of course sick right now and uh yeah it's been uh, it's been interesting trying to access any kind of healthcare around here it's uh, it's been frustrating to say the least but um yeah literally a four-hour wait for a three-year-old having breathing problems yeah, talk about a little scary but uh nice. <laughs> you know Wonderful. They, uh, they eventually got them sorted um started switching out gear for uh from my uh, summer stuff to uh winter and uh, same as Jeff mentioned, met with the uh, Simcoe Preparedness and Resiliency Community Group in uh, Barrie. And uh, yeah, we were there for a couple hours. And uh, yeah, great people and a great conversation uh, with the exception of Jeff, of course. 
somebody, somebody's got to take one for the team. So. <laughs> no, everyone's fantastic there. We had some really good conversations, some really good people. And uh, yeah, covered all kinds of topics from canning to, I know, shocking ham radio to medical stuff to, you, you know, don't say. So, it was a lot of fun. No. I'm blown yeah, away I know, that. Right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Last week, I made a trip up towards. Uh, towards the Simcoe, the, the Simcoe County area, said hello to Eric, picked up a few additional tourniquets and packing gauze, some Israeli bandages. It was nice, always nice to stop in at Rapid Survival and say hello. Um, spent a few nights bouncing around hotels on the way to vacation in the Great White North. So got to practice the uh, practice the SOPs of, you know, counting the doors and figuring out my ways out and figuring out my ways in. Um, there was three hotels in three nights, so that was interesting. Um, our Great White North, by Southern Ontario standards, anyways, is uh, it was you know family cottage up near up on the lake and had some great time there. Um, you know, just really relaxing more than anything. Got to practice my fire making skills, both indoors and outdoors. Did a little fishing, didn't catch anything. Did some handicraft practice, practiced tying some knots and a few other things. Got some reading done. And uh, thanks to Eric, I was able to sit back in the evenings and watch the first season of Emergency. I, I absolutely love that show. I feel like a better a better paramedic as a result of that every time I watch it. Uh, it is a fantastic show. It's a, it's a fantastic show. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's that's uh, it's a, it's a great one. It's a great one. Johnny and Roy are the uh, are the best of the best. Um. Did a little bit of maintenance on the vehicle on my on my truck. Topped up some fluids. Uh, made an appointment to get the tires done on my wife's car, which I drive back and forth to work. Uh, started assembling the winter kit. It's going to be a little bit interesting this year because I'll be commuting in my wife's car, not in my truck. So I have to pare down what I can carry. Uh, so that'll be um, that'll be interesting. And also have to be isolated because my drive is. A lot longer than what I would what I would normally be used to, so I'm much more likely to be involved in you know be, be stuck and um, stuck on the side of the road, stuck in another town, um, some places along that stretch of highway are upwards of 15 minutes in good weather and can be you know an hour between exits. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, how the winter plays out. Um, so starting on starting on that, and uh, did no uh, did no yard work this weekend. So that's how it is. We'll do that next week. <laughs> Always got to be different, huh? Always. You sh- you sure you're not <laughs> Ian? Because that's like Ian level list there. That's literally five things I just stretched out into thirty three sentences. <laughs> Pretty sure I heard you say something about CGN under your breath too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I I actually I it was closed when I drove by, but I was I was looking at Elwood Epps. And remembering that the last time I was in there was, you know, damn near a decade ago, and I should probably stop in at some point and uh, and see. And then just on the on the drive home, we just didn't have time for it. So next time, next time I'm up there. Um, I got through some, uh, started looking through some clothes, make sure it's all in good condition since winter's coming. And then that made me think that I should probably make sure that my daughter's clothes and boots still fit. Instead of doing that to see what list of stuff we got to do, um, took the last AC window or AC unit out of the window, and it was uh, had a bunch of caulking in there, so I had to spend 15 minutes cleaning it all out. So then we made sure that the window actually closed and locks and seals properly, just so I don't wake up to I don't know 
an inch of snow in the room. That's about it, because I had a lot with work and out of town and all that stuff. So didn't get too much done, but the essential done. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I went ahead and went through, cleaned up the truck, uh, reorganized certain items uh, from the cab and moved them into the bed um, in a tote with a tie down so it doesn't like move around stuff. Did more food prep uh, and rotation. Fixed a few things around the house today. <laughs> um, and did some more some more knife making this last week. Nice. nice. Very nice. Well, shall we move into the main topic? We are talking winter preps tonight. So we usually do this episode around this time every year. Uh, it's kind of nice to be able to say every year. It's like we've been around a little bit now. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, old man winter is coming He's right around the corner. And it is time to start switching your gear around and getting ready for that inevitable thing that's going to happen. We call it snow. Um, you know, get the shovels out and uh, you know, be ready to, to rock and roll. So let's uh, open it up to the panel and let's talk about what we're doing to, uh, to get ready for old man winter to arrive and what kind of scenarios we think uh, we could be possibly faced with. I'm not doing much. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are no longer alive. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't really buy whiskey. <laughs> whiskey and going to see Greg. Yeah. Yeah. I get all these I mean, cool guns. I can do all this fun, fun stuff. Pick me up on the way. I don't get winter. Why do it I was 85 degrees today, guys. It was 85 degrees today. Sure. Um, all right. So Greg gets muted. It was, it right, was 47 degrees here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, so that actually does uh, me not getting much of a winter. Uh, does make me come to a certain certain topic and that's just the fact that just because you don't get a long winter or a harsh winter like you can still like still make sure that you you go through you know maybe throw a a blanket in the in the truck something like that you know extra clothes which i always got extra extra pair of clothes in the truck anyway um pair of sneakers and boots both um extra socks stuff like that uh but i'm i did move my booster pack from my toolbox in my truck and put it in the cab just to kind of help keep it warm um when we do get to those you know those few colder evenings and in days like that what like um, 72 is 90% of your winter preps putting socks before you put your Crocs on? <laughs> I don't wear Crocs. <laughs> I don't wear Crocs. I just put flip-flops on. If I got to run, I just <laughs> but, but, pick them off real is quick. Is that still 90% <laughs> of your winter preps putting socks yeah. on before you put yeah. whatever footwear on? If, I mean, the I rule put, is open... Open um, toes until it snows, <laughs> and if it just doesn't snow, then you're fine. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but uh, I put some like the thin uh, cold weather gloves in my uh, in my toolbox or in my tote and everything. Um, but yeah, just if you if you don't have, like I said you know, a harsh winter still take time to, you know, 
make sure you got water in your vehicle because the the biggest thing when it comes to cold weather is just because you're not sweating we forget to drink water um because we're not like dying of thirst but you you gotta gotta still hydrate so on and so forth uh but yeah i focus a little bit more on my electronics uh i got a little like three dollar um rechargeable flashlight from harbor freight i love that thing and every time i get in you know plug it in the into the cigarette lighter and make sure those are all charged up um there's one more thing i'm gonna do for mine personally i got this idea from my boss and uh he got a a wool blanket and you know i've been looking at him trying to pick one out um but he took it down to the sew shop and had a zipper put on the wool blanket and pretty much turned it into a wool sleeping bag because uh, he said he doesn't really like using a sleeping bag when he goes camping. He'd prefer a wool blanket, so he just had a zipper sewed on it. So if you end up stuck on the side of the road and it's you know super cold, slide yourself in that. Wool's going to keep you super warm. That zipper's going to help trap some of that heat in there. That is a fantastic idea. That is a good idea. I like it. Me too. Yes. <laughs> Adding so that I, to my I kind of thought, you know, check. I, I'm more on the, you know, people who are driving in that, your, your vehicle maintenance. Uh, make sure mm -hmm. your vehicle is, is properly maintained and ready to go. Make sure your battery is good. If it's weak now, change it. It's uh, it, it will definitely leave you when it is absolutely the coldest. So um, get that. If you uh, can't do it, find somebody who can, somebody who can help you out. Check your coolant. Make sure your, your coolant's still good. Uh, most coolant should be good to minus 35. So um, do your tire changeover. Get your winter tires on. Uh, for the record, at least for me, there's no such thing as all-season tires. They are three-season tires. They're crap in the snow. They're crap in the winter. Um you know, look under the hood, check your belts, your hoses, that kind of stuff, just for cracks, signs of wear. Uh, something a lot of people don't think about is your wiper blades. Mm -hmm. Good point. Nope. Nope. Don't see a lot of people change them till they're out in the middle of the road and it's snowing and they can't even see. So, you know, check your wiper blades if you they need changing. Uh, make sure you put the winter ones on. If you carry an emergency bag like we 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 chatted about, swap it out. Get your summer out. Get your winter kit in. And we had an uh, episode about this time last year that would tell you what's put in that in that in that bag. This is true. Well, I, I left that. There's some other people that have got ideas there, so I didn't bother to say what put in it. I'll leave it for them. Um, around your house, just do a quick walk around, check for damage or missing items, specifically shingles over the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a wood stove, make sure your chimney's clean. Uh, drain and roll up all your water hoses. Uh, shut off any outdoor water valves to prevent a bursting pipe if it gets uh, super cold. Um, and, which Greg should have done, check trees for any broken or dead branches that could come down if we get a heavy wet snow. It's okay. I found the ones. I found the ones <laughs> that need to be cut down. <laughs> they came down for you. On the yeah. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Ian took care of that for me. 
They um, just got to chop them up. Yep. Yep. They're already burned. Um, yeah. They, that's crazy. They landed right next to the 45s. Wonderful. <laughs> right on the rogue bench. Um, <laughs> uh, so I want to touch on what Jeff just said on the batteries. So if, if you're looking at replacing a battery, look at a gel battery. Um, they hold up to uh, heat and extreme cold a lot better than your standard acid batteries. Um, they cost a little. Cold. Uh, you're talking winter where you got about twenty three. About twenty three. I'm just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they. I've got a. I've got a gel battery in my truck. Um, I can't remember what it what it ended up running, but. I don't know if y'all have AutoZone in Canada or not. I'm 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 sorry, uh, but you can look at Optima's. Um, there's the Duralast ones if you do have uh, an AutoZone there. O'Reilly's, I think Advance has their their own now. I know the AutoZone one is a Duralast Platinum, um, and those are all usually pretty pretty good at taking abuse um like i said mine's been wonderful so far um you know okay, it's so, at so least to, go ahead i'm sorry and so, no in, in canada you got to look at the cca so there's always a stamp yeah. battery right cold cranking amps mm-hmm. the colder it gets the more the higher that number is the high, the more likely you are to be able to start your vehicle in the cold yeah so we're play in the factor at that point. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm saying you got to spend three hundred dollars on a battery, but I'm like, it is kind of that fine line where you do kind of get what you pay for. Yeah, in, in most um, scenarios for those things, I'm not saying that you know the eight hundred dollar battery is yeah. what you need, but sometimes those really cheap ones, you know, will will actually like they'll get you. Buy, but may put you the, in a jam. might last like, a year or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you got to find that happy medium, yeah. right? Like, there, there are some companies where I'm just like, yeah, you know, that's good enough because I'm like, yeah, yeah, for some people, you know, an extra $120 for a car battery, you know, can make or break whether you're getting groceries or not. Yeah. But, you know, going to buy a $60 battery instead of a $200 battery, I mean, you know, you're yeah, going to so regret I wanna, that purchase. I want to say, uh, the Duralast Platinum for, for my truck. I drive a Z71. Um, but I want to say it was like 120, 130, maybe 140. Um, yeah, so it's 350 it's, Canadian. Okay. Yeah, we got to we gotta do the conversion I, to Canuck bucks. Uh, y'all, y'all can do that. I'm not, I'm not mathing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, it's definitely worth it. Uh, so where y'all have to worry more about ha- extreme cold, I got to worry about extreme heat. So, I mean, both are going to, are going to, you know, cause a lot of stress on that battery, um, on charging system all around, because, you know, if your battery is getting drained, then your alternator has to pick up that slack and, you know, work just a little bit harder. Um, so in the summertime here, it'll get, you know, well over 100 degrees you know by 7 a.m you're you're already at 95 
the sun ain't been up an hour. So how did we get talking about a hundred degree weather on a winter prep episode? Greg. Because, because we invited him back. Greg get the big jerk. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and invite the exactly. guy from the south and then, then yep. yell at him when he talks about what he knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I, I was going to mention to Jeff's point while he, while he was talking about walking around your house and taking a look is um, this is a great time to make sure that your locks are in good working order, your doors mm -hmm. are sealing yeah. properly, so adjust your strikes so you've got good contact with the weather strip. Um, please do not use WD-40 in your locks. Please use a silicone-based lubricant. My personal favorite is 3-in-1 brand. It's not an endorsement in any way. I just like it the best. I've been using various lubricants for various mechanical and other parts for a lot of years, and that one seems to be the best overall in, in my experience. Um, white lithium grease is also a really good one. PB Blaster. Um, sorry? PB Blaster. Yep. Um, I also like Jigaloo. Um, it, it, tends to be, it tends to be good. But WD-40, uh, it separates. It's, it's oil and water, essentially. And yeah. When it separates, it, it gets really, really gummy really fast. Um, for those of us that, uh, that that still use mechanical keys, right, if you drop your keys in the snow, please dry them off before you put them in the lock. And don't buy lock de-icer at the hardware store, right, that little tube of, or that little squeeze bottle at the at the counter it's usually about two or three bucks um probably 50 cents where greg's from <laughs> Wait, do you know what lock easter is greg i do <laughs> uh, but that's basically just salt water um when the when the water evaporates it leaves the salt which causes corrosion which makes the locks work poorly your best bet is to grab a grab a paper clip heat up the, heat it up with your lighter and work it into the lock until everything melts but just make sure you drive your keys before you put them in the lock it'll save you save you a whole lot um i had a little list as well of a few things uh, this is a great time to get to know your vehicle um, as you're doing all the things that uh that jeff mentioned uh, when you're taking the tires off for example to swap out your tier winter tires it's a great time to check on the wear of your brake pads look for anything that's loose seized damaged whatever um plan your trip plan for the roads to be closed have a couple of alternate routes available in the winter in bad weather they close roads for weather conditions they close roads for collisions they close roads for all kinds of reasons so um know your alternate routes and also be prepared for the reality that everybody else will also be taking those routes so if you happen to be traveling normally on a really really busy highway and you're obviously honest all of a sudden going on to a side street then you're you're likely going to be facing a lot of traffic. Um, so be, be prepared for that and be prepared to spend the night away, right? If you're going to be away from home, just be prepared to spend the night shelter in place wherever you are. Throw an extra jug of washer fluid in your vehicle. I have never run out of washer fluid at a convenient time. I've never like gotten to the gas station as my, as my washer fluid light comes on and actually neither I had a vehicle, not my current, not neither my current ones, but I had a vehicle that didn't even have a washer fluid light. You just ran out at one point. So that sucked. <laughs> um, I uh, I tend to wear shoes when I'm driving instead of uh, instead of boots, just because my gargantuan feet uh, in my wife's little compact car is uh, they, don't, they don't fit the pedals terribly well. Um, so make sure you've got boots nearby. Right, um, nothing worse than trying to walk around in slush and snow and ice and whatever and in running shoes. Yeah, I hate um, that. Or dress shoes if that's if that's what you if that's what you wear. Right, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the Greg's last appearance on the show. Uh, for those of you that would like to uh, write him in letter, you can email feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And uh, I may or may and not. And he won't get it because his will not get it. Um, again, it, like when I when I drive, I tend to, I like to take off my jacket. I like to be comfortable and have lots of room to move. Um, but make sure that you have um, stuff nearby. Um, when I worked when I worked on the ambulances and I worked in the very far north, we saw it more than once in the winter, where you know it would take hours and hours for somebody to be, to to you know be found on the side of the road, especially if it was snowing, and you know, if they couldn't reach their jacket, their war- you know their their winter coat, their snow pants, whatever, um, it was not going to go well for them. You know, in the time that it takes us, takes responders to get there, get you free and get you uh, get you in a warm. Uh, remember yeah, the rules last, of clothing. Yeah, when you mentioned that, Alan, last I believe it was last winter, possibly the winter before, we had a a pretty good snowstorm here, and it um, came off of Georgian Bay, so over over towards the Midland Way. Um, they closed one of the roads and it it like just drifted over tops of the vehicles and everything. And as the the county's going through and clearing the roads, they found a car and they looked inside and there was an older gentleman in there and they figured he'd been in there for about thirty six hours. Exactly. Well look so, at uh, Quebec, I think it was two years ago too, where they shut down. I think it was the fifteen north or south or whatever, and they left like two hundred cars on there. Because there's that, a crazy accident and a storm coming through, so I mean, yep. happened in happened in southern Ontario. What about ten years ago? The the entirety of, the, of Highway 402 between between London and Sarnia was closed down. Like it took hours for helicopters to get from from Trenton to um, to the area to start evacuating people. But that was just hours, and we knew they were there and still couldn't get to them. So uh, be prepared for that, that, right? The uh, the rule of the rule of clothing is cold, clean, open, loose, and dry. So you want some airflow, but you want to keep yourself dry. You want to keep yourself loose in layers. Um, and your if your clothes aren't clean, they're not going to insulate terribly well. So wind and moisture are your biggest enemies. Prepare for those. And finally, there's way more nighttime than daytime in winter. So make sure you have lots of good flashlights kicking around and charged batteries. Um, remember that you're. Uh, your old lead acid and lithium are in uh, nickel metal hydride batteries will just go stone dead in the winter and when they get free, whereas your lithium ions will last a little bit longer. And that is everything on my list because everything else was already covered in the notes. <laughs> so on the, uh, Jeff mentioned, you know, check your, your wiper blades and everything. Um, what you can do. What I like to do, I'll keep like a bottle of Windex and like a, a microfiber cloth or something. And whenever I see, you know, maybe like every two, three weeks, I'll go outside um, and spray the microfiber cloth with the Windex and just wipe that rubber off, uh, that rubber down and kind of like keeps it hydrated, keeps it from dry rotting, so on and so forth. That way, it just kind of prolongs the life of your wiper blades. You haven't tried that at minus twenty, have you? No, I'd like to do it before. I'd like to do it before I get there. I'd like to do it before I get to that point. Um, yeah, we've got somebody else in the live chat on Team Greg. Yeah. <laughs> How should I prepare for winter down here in Central Florida? Put ratchet straps on your roof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Tra- trampolines to deflect any yeah. flying debris. There you go. Um, yes. Yes, the trampolines are very important. Yeah. 
So I would, in central Florida, I would say, I don't know, make sure the bumpers are on the boat, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe put a hoodie in the truck. Uh, maybe closed toed shoes. Uh, thin pair of socks. You know, you don't want your feet sweating. Uh, pair of work gloves. <laughs> Yeah, a pair of work gloves, nothing major. You know, the easy slip-on mechanics gloves. Those are nice. Those are what I. Those are what I use. <laughs> yeah, my my okay. parents used to go to Florida every year, uh, and they they do get some cold snaps down there. You know, like into the forties, if you want to call them cold snaps or whatever. But uh, it was funny in the trailer park. You could always tell the Canadians from the Americans because. Us as kids, we're out in t-shirts and shorts running around, and they've got toques on, and they've got the heavy jacket and the long pants, and yep. they would just look at us, and they're like, another Canadian. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This, when is, I, this is summer to us. That's how it was when I first uh, moved to, to Tennessee. Uh, you know, I came from Vermont, so Christmas time there, everybody's like got a, a thick, puffy jacket on, and they're like, man, it's like 20 degrees, and we're over here like, I don't even have a shirt on. Like just running around the concrete parking lot, you know, just in nothing but shorts, not even any shoes, like five. <laughs> I had here, uh, make sure to have a battery booster pack in your car. I think we touched on that before. And mm -hmm. the, uh, a phone charger, one of those backup battery yep. bank things, USB things. I think I have four. Two in my lunchbox. Car boosters that have little USB ports on them as well. Yep, those That's two. What mine's got. I have one of those Nocos that have the. Mm -hmm. uh, you can you can put the booster battery. Or you can put the booster cables onto it or the uh, the USB. Has a flashlight and an SOS thing. The only thing it's really missing is a magnet. It should be really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we touched on it before as well. Uh, the warm clothes for all, or at least an additional layer or a blanket. I drive for a living. Uh, tomorrow I'm headed down Kingston area and uh, I've been down, well, I was down to see Eric a few weeks ago. It was the furthest trip south I've done. So imagine doing that in the winter. I'm very unfamiliar with all that area and I would always bring extra snacks and water. Like Pierre's seen my lunchbox. It's huge. I got <laughs> lots of stuff in there. I never go anywhere without food and water. Yeah. Um, and, and, and go through your first aid kit. Check everything that's in it just in case you need it. Stock some extra stuff. If you've got room, throw a bunch of stuff extra into it. Why not? Oh, it's a good point. You can never have too much, right? Nope. Nope. Right. Um, so what I've got in here is I tend to have two things when it comes to winter preps. I have a little bin in the back of the car that stays in there. And that's mostly got uh, blankets, um, anything to kind of keep you warm. And then I've all got a bag I'll take in and out. Mm. So, excuse me. Um, so I'll do the winter swap out for my bags. So I'll put some spare socks, clothes, maybe a thin pair of long johns and gloves, hat. A uh, few plastic bags in there in case my feet get wet. I can at least keep my feet wet, putting them back in the boots. Mm -hmm. uh, hand warmers, foot warmers, 
spare batteries and flashlights. So I'll have that in a bag that I can take in and out of the vehicle easily. Inside the vehicle, I'll tend to keep uh, at least one or two blankets, um, some candles, a spare jacket, or something to keep warm, a booster pack charged inside, as well as booster cables in case you ever need to use it when you're by yourself or you don't have another vehicle. Sorry, I keep muting. I got to tickle my throat. Um, <laughs> but use uh, the booster cables whenever there's another vehicle available. Um, tow chains and hooks, a bag of salt in the back, uh, reflective vest, maybe more than one. Um, you never know if you're going to be outside. And then uh, for people to have trucks, um, make sure that your spare tire actually comes down and that all the tools are working and everything is good. Uh, the mechanism for the back can get a little seized up, so rather know that now than uh, when you're on the side of the road with this, with the flat. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm exactly the same way. I've, I've got a, I've got a kind of a tote that I keep my, my uh, that's in the truck all the time. And again, and again, just like Pierre, I've got you know basically a complete change of clothes: so socks, um, long johns, gloves, toque, the the, the hand and foot warmers. Um, I've actually got a, a plug-in, a 12-volt plug-in, one of those small, smaller blankets you can plug in, uh, candles, that kind of stuff. And then in my carry bag, I keep, that's where I keep like my snacks and my water and that. I don't want to leave the water in the truck all the time. It'll just freeze to a brick. And so I, I, I kind of carry that in and out with me. But yeah, it's, uh, I like yeah. the idea of the, uh, the reflective vest, something I never thought of, but yeah, you're outside in in the middle of a storm trying to trying to fix something. Absolutely, you need to be seen. So, yeah. um, so I, I'm yeah. very fortunate that my work pays for a bunch of my clothes, so I get really good winter gear. Um, but I'll throw a vest in there, and then one thing. So I've got a small bin or bag or whatever you want to call it that sits in the trunk that's got everything that can stay in the vehicle at all times. Then yeah. I've got a small bag, and then. Um, I'll make a small bag for, I'll, I'll get the daughter involved and it's like, Hey, it's winter. Where's your bag? So <laughs> she'll just have like a spare change of socks, pants, whatever. And then like uh, a book with like crayons. So it doesn't freeze. Right. Yeah. In case you get stuck on the side of the road, she's very crafty and everything that like you give her a piece of paper with a little bit of something. So like, you know, get them involved that if you are stuck on the side of the road for three hours, you don't have, you know, your 10 year old, 12 year old, four year old in the backseat. Are we there yet? I'm bored. This, that. So try and get them involved. <laughs> but, you know, it's just a small little bag, nothing that they can't carry themselves in and out, but just get them to be like, okay, you know, do you have a spare change of warm socks, pants, and then just something to entertain themselves for an hour or two other than a tablet? technology you know can go a long way them being able to draw for an hour that's a really good point and a good way to get uh, little ones involved in it too right i like uh i like that idea just even getting them to participate in packing a bag up having something ready and then having something to keep them entertained 
because yeah, keeping those little rugrats entertained for a certain period of time can be challenging at times. So having a few yeah. different options and being able to say, Hey, remember, this is the bag that you put together. Let's take what you put in there out to play with kind of helps get their mind going and gets them okay with, with having some things there and it takes the stress of being stuck somewhere away too, because that yeah. can, uh, yeah. that can set them up uh, to, uh, to just have the epic meltdown when you really don't need that. Right. Or, or at least it might get them entertained enough that you can like gather your thoughts and assess the situation okay and yep. you know come up with a plan that by the time they're bored of drawing you know yep. you're, you're already back on the road right so yeah, that's a really yeah, good point like, I, I like it any any opportunity to get the kids involved and and get them uh, get them thinking and and something to keep them like you said even just enough time to be able to have your own mind kind of cleared and figure out what the heck's going on and how you're going to deal with it. It's even a, even like a 15, 20 minute break where they are sitting in the back coloring is, is worth it for sure. Yeah. So no, really good yeah. point. I like so, it. Pierre, you Another. were saying about the uh, reflective vest. Yeah. And I, I had totally forgotten that I had had these just for that reason, but yeah. uh, the, the flashlight with it's yeah. a, it's a and red it's beacon magnified. on the end oh, of it. Look at that. Yep. Flashlight on the front and it's got, it's got four small magnets it. on it. Yep. That's brilliant. To stick to the yep. side of the vehicle changing a tire, yep. you can either have a light yep. or oh, here it goes. Yep. The red beacon oh, and I like that. a hook. Yep. Yep. Huh. I like it. So yeah, I, I tend to always have a headlight in my go bag and a little case with some extra batteries just so if you are you need to change a tire if we've only got one vest or it's crazy cold i can at least have a light on my head so i have use of my both both my hands and then just you know i don't know as many all the void spaces after you put everything in your bag fill it up with hand warmers toe warmers and those uh space blankets you know those can keep you warm for hours and hours and hours yeah, David in the live chat was mentioning that as well. Those things are fantastic and they fold up into a small little nothing. So mm-hmm. you can yeah. easily carry them, but they, they're surprisingly effective. They're hugely and effective. They next to nothing. And even as like even in your vehicle as area blankets, right? Like you can you can line the line the, the roof of the vehicle, like the inside of your vehicle with it, line the headliner, line the windshield, reflect what heat you've got back in, especially if you've got two or three people, you'll be toasty warm. And it'll keep the CIA away from trying to get into your brain with all those waves. There you go. <laughs> Double as a tinfoil hat. This is correct. Yep. <laughs> when I was uh, when I when I was young, my grandma, my grandparents went in their car. They used to have a like an old like juice can with a like with a couple of candles in it that were like embedded in sand. Yeah. Um, that's a thing. That's a great way to it's a great way to generate some heat. Just remember to crack your window open. Otherwise, it's going to build up that carbon monoxide that we want to avoid. 50 minutes. F- yep. 50, 33. 50 Way to go. <laughs> that is probably the longest amount of time we've gone. I've mentioned, not mentioned at all one episode not too long ago. <laughs> Somebody else. No, you, you weren't on. You weren't on, I don't think. We, we did a whole episode with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was an episode that Ian was on and you were not. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, that's right. I'm Alan this week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep mixing it up. Keep mixing it up. <laughs> So on the uh, the spare tire thing, yep. another thing you can do is just drop it. Just throw it in the back. Throw a tarp over it, you know, so it doesn't get covered in snow. Uh, if it's already in the back of the truck, you don't have to worry about uh, 
dropping it down on the side of the road. Yeah, that's one thing less you got to do. Get you off the side of the road a little bit quicker. Or you drop it down and you put the, I call it the candy spray. Brad knows what I'm talking about because it smells delicious. Oh, my God. There's a spray. Yeah, there's a spray and it works fantastic. It'll pretty much get anything seized, unseized, or at least manageable. But, yeah, it's just it's a key feature that gets passed. And, I mean, even if you bring your vehicle in and get that, you know, winter preparedness thing, I can almost guarantee you no dealership will look at a truck or van or SUV where it's an undermounted uh, bracket of some sort where you got to put your a socket on something or whatever. They will rarely ever drop that tire to make sure that mechanism works. And you know it's going to happen when it's minus 30 and the roads are crap and it's going to be six hours before a tow truck comes to save you. So yep. wouldn't be a bad thing to get into now and either get it fixed or like Greg said, cut it out and put it in the back somewhere. Yep. What what spray was that, uh, Pierre? Oh, it's called Corrosion Guard from M-Zone. It smells like okay. candy. It smells so delicious. Keep it away from your kids. <laughs> like I, I am a 34-ish adult and i'm like i want to lick this stuff it's <laughs> the first time like, yeah. the first time i used it after he gave me a can of it i used it on my my work truck and oh yeah yeah you, you, uh, two hours later i walked by the side of the truck and i still smelt cotton candy <laughs> yeah it smells it smells like candy but like ratchet straps anything i use it on my uh load binders for work and everything anything that sees i spray it on give it a minute or two it pretty much works like it's brand new. It, it's awesome stuff. I'll send you guys a picture in the group chat later there. It's fantastic. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. Yep. Yeah. We'll go look and get get one. Yeah, I never I never thought of that. My my spare tire's under my truck and I've had yep, it for six two. years and I've never taken it down. So that's yep, uh, definitely yeah, on the list for the next few days. Come down, I right? should probably do the same on mine. I've got I've had uh, mine yeah. since yep. what twenty thirteen. So. Well, my uh, like my wife's car doesn't even have a spare tire. It has a um, like it has an inflate like an inflate and seal system. Yes. Oh, the little the little compressor with the uh, the add on snap in cartridge the and stuff. foam yeah. whatever stuff. Yep. Yeah. Now, have you ever used it? Because it actually works really well. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works really yeah. well. Um, I also keep plugs in my uh, like my my battery powered inflator. Uh, yeah. Keep a patch kit, but on the side of the road, I'd rather just swap it and go. Uh, Darren in the live chat asked, does Alan have a carbon dioxide detector in his truck? I'll assume you mean carbon monoxide. Uh, no, I don't. Um, uh, <laughs> he I doesn't only have he... one. He has multiple. <laughs> in fact, I have a four gas detector, which also checks for HCM. <laughs> oh, God, I'm such a nerd. Uh, um, and oxygen yeah. levels and a few other things. But no, no, I, I don't. Um, it's uh, I have them all in the fix house. That. I don't have them probably fix uh, yeah, that i don't right. uh don't have one in, in the car um i have uh geez i'm slacking i guess no they're they're not terribly portable um unless you get the battery powered ones and uh frankly i don't trust them unless they're from like msa or honeywell and i don't know about any of you guys but i don't have a thousand dollars to spend on a uh on a detector that's not going to tell me anything's wrong so Fair that's enough. uh that's where i live with that Darren does have another good point in the live chat in regards to uh, filling an empty dish soap bottle with windshield washer, like antifreeze, and it could be used on the wipers that are frozen in the windshield because that's bound to happen at least once or twice this winter. So, great tip. 
that is awesome considering that i drive a bigger truck and I, it's hard to get up onto the the hood in a windshield washer bottle i can just uh, sorry in a soap dish bottle i can just squeeze it from the ground yeah i use a i use a spray wipers. bottle or that i use a spray bottle i use that instead of instead of like having to scrape the scrape, scrape the frost off the windows i just spray it down and I like it. So, so, so this this may start a back and forth controversy because it oh. seems to when I ask it at work every once in a while. But uh, to the mechanic, people you're, you're there, retired, Jeff. You're retired. What do you mean at work? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> if you're parked for a while, do you uh, pull your windshield wipers up, or is that uh, too hard on the spring? I I know some people at work do it, some don't. I don't. Not yeah, my I pull, truck. I I'll do up. it every time. Yep, I pull them you up. You do or you don't? Do. I, I do it every so often. If I know if I check the weather before leaving, I know it's going to be a bad night. Yeah, sure. I I don't, but I put a cover over my windshield. I went I went to Costco and I bought like the the cover that like elastics yep. onto yep. your mirrors. Uh, yep. That covers the windshield, covers the covers the wipers. So <clears> that's why yes. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Just um, putting one... a piece of cardboard, just putting a piece of cardboard even under it, right? Like so depending on the wipers you have the curve of it and the wind and everything i mean them being slammed on your windshield are probably unlikely to get your windshield to crack but if you've got a small rock chip in your windshield it could cause damage and then some of the wipers have a crazy well i shouldn't say crazy but they have a good bend in them that depending on how the wind is it could actually break your wiper putting them down um, but just putting pieces, I mean, either getting the wrap, like Alan said, that will cover your whole windshield, or even just putting a little bit of cardboard underneath, um, just so you don't have to chip at anything solid, right? You can, even if there's ice okay. on the cardboard, you can break it off real easy and everything would be, uh, would not be a bad alternative. Yeah, I, I think that the Good discussion point. was, are you weakening the spring that holds the, the pressure of the wiper on if you continue to hold it up all the time and... Uh, I I would say no, but I mean, no. prove me wrong. I've been doing it for long enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna go with probably not as and well. Greg's like wipers have to come off the windshield <laughs> at some point. Yeah, for what? what purpose? Yeah, rain just beads off it. Why would I lift the wipers up? Actually, actually, that's not a bad thing to do either. Is um, Rainex oh, your yeah. windshield? Yep. That Rainex stuff it actually helps. Uh, so it beads the water off, but it also helps make scraping ice off a lot easier. And mm, I'm like, it's fairly yes cheap. It's fairly cheap, easy to apply. Uh, obviously, yep. you don't want to do it in the, but I mean, you just, if you've ever waxed the car, you know, you've yep. watched, if you've ever watched at least, um, uh, what's that movie? Karate Kid, Wax On, Wax Off. You know, you <laughs> yep. do little circles with it, let it sit, yep. and then, yep. Wipe it all off, like it does make a giant difference on being able Do to not a put off. too much on, though. I made that mistake once. It's fine during the day; can't see anything at night. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, so yeah. Follow, follow the directions to the T. <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh yeah, yeah, a little bit more will be good. A little bit more will be fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> and actually, uh, the directions. Funny enough, my. Uh, relatives used to again go back and forth to florida and they had that rain axe on and yep. they got pulled over in a state somewhere i can't remember which state it was and they actually got a ticket because the law apparently down there said if it was raining you had to have your wipers on that their thing it was just beating right off and they didn't have their wipers on and they got i think they picked on because they were canadian but 
Mm, they, uh, probably. they dinged him for uh, no wipers uh, in the ring. I had a 76 Nova. It didn't even have windshield wipers. <laughs> oh, here we go. I just rain-axed it. I did. <laughs> That's what I drove in high school. If um, I needed, I if I needed to clear off the the windshield, I just sped up a little bit. It'd be all right. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, another <laughs> with thing, that, either uh, a bag of salt or uh, yeah. mm-hmm. a bin with some kitty litter. Yes, you get out of a little, little traction. Uh, I see. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. whichever one is best. Bring both. Yeah, if yeah. if you can, both a little five gallon pail or a little tote. Yep. Yep. A little oh, tote yeah. of something. And get, It'll get you out of all get kinds of, of sticky day. situations. Or slippery. Uh, yes. <laughs> technically slippery <laughs> situations. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. <laughs> sticky situation. You wouldn't need either of those things. You would just. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. On that note, anybody have anything else to add before we move into the podcast challenge? Drive smart. Awesome. Drive smart. Speed up in the rain. Make sure you put your Crocs in four by four. Brad's right. Drive to the weather conditions. I know that's difficult, but for some people. Put your Crocs in four by four in the winter. There are many times I'm very happy that my work vehicle is capped at 104 kilometers an hour. I can't drive stupid in it. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> All right, moving into the podcast challenge. So your challenge for this episode is do something to either your vehicle or your house to prepare yourself for the winter because as much as we wish it's not coming, it's going to be here soon. All right, Maybe upcoming events. We've got uh, the London, Ontario Preppers coming up October the 22nd. It's at uh, 615 Baseline Road East in London. It's running from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There is a cover charge to get into this presentation. It's 15 bucks a person or $20 a family. Uh, For any information on that uh, presentation that's going on, kick an email over to info at ontarioprepper's.ca. And that's info at ontarioprepper's.ca. We've got a uh, weather blurb there, Jeff. Sure. I'll, I'll nerd out a little bit on this one, but I'll, I'll explain it a bit. So uh, the hurricane season seems to have calmed down for now. Again, don't let your guard down. Um, there's been uh, several instances of late season bad storms, uh, thinking specifically uh, December 10th of last year, 2021. Um, the United States had a one of the largest tornado outbreaks that they've had for a long time on the 10th of December. So um, don't uh, don't let your guard down. Uh, Personally, I believe winter is going to come early. Uh, We have another La Nina year in the Pacific. Uh, So basically, the the short version of it is it it is uh, a cooling of the surface water, uh, being cooler than normal. And the stratospheric polar vortex uh, is as cold as it's ever been. Uh, Yes, that's a long ways up in the atmosphere, but um, it's as cold as it's ever been. Uh, anybody up and down the West Coast is going to be affected by uh, a PDO, and that's a what's called a Pacific uh, Decadal Oscillation. Um, basically, what it is is it takes the average water temperature 
Uh, and is it going to be above normal or below normal? Last year it was what they called a negative PDO, it was below normal. This year um, it's going to be a positive PDO. It's going to be above the average, uh, which is incredibly rare because, as I say, the La Ninas are a cooler water feature out in the Pacific. So that is so rare that they really have trouble finding records of it. Uh, so it's a very rare occurrence. So there's a lot of chatter and disagreement about what effect it may or may not have. Um, I I think it, it could easily amplify any weather systems that begin in the west and go east. I'm thinking of your, your typical Colorado low, um, those kind of things, as opposed to the, uh, the east coast weather bombs. They're, they, they start in the east and they stay there. Uh, there was also a volcanic eruption in the Pacific Ocean, I believe back in May, hardly made any any news or anything. Obviously, because it was underwater, it caused a large plume of water vapor to be pushed into the atmosphere. Um, that water vapor usually takes a few months to kind of sort itself out in the atmosphere, and it could uh, add significant moisture to uh, some storms. So I've... Uh, Throwing a video in there for a guy that I follow pretty closely called Ryan Hall, y'all. It's a YouTube video, and he kind of goes over um, that that stuff that I I discussed there. So, uh, yeah, I I'm I'm gonna say you have your shovels ready, have your snowblowers ready. Um, I think it's uh, I don't think it's gonna be an epic year, but I I think it's gonna be above normal. All right, good to know. All right, for deal of the week. Uh, we've got 150 feet of 550-pound uh, paracord on sale at Princess Auto. So it is regularly $9.99. It's on sale for $6.49. So check that out if you're looking for some paracord. can never have too much. Paracord's like ammo. The only time it's too much is if you're trying to swim. Fair enough. Just like you can never have too much duct tape. Yep. Absolutely. I just bought more today. <laughs> oh boy of course it did <laughs> alright we'll move into some shout outs uh, got a quick shout out uh, to Brian and uh, Jeff just for the help with uh, all the work in the backyard it's been uh, a pile of work and it's starting to uh, to come together here so I, I appreciate all the help because it would have been one hell of a feat for me to do all on my own so it's been, uh, it's been good to have some helping hands around and I've got a shout out to the uh, the Simcoe Resiliency Group Eric mentioned earlier for a good meet. And uh, Caroline, get off your butt and get your ham license. Yep. <laughs> You're one to talk, Jeff. <laughs> hey, I got my license, so. Uh, yeah, you were soon to be for what, a year? No. <laughs> no. Remember, the challenge was when I mentioned I was getting my license, you said you have a year to get it. And I got it before uh, the year was up, so. <laughs> uh, I got one. Uh, my buddy Aaron Cole down here in the comments and the the live chat. I didn't see him. He said said notice me. Uh, come visit, man. Been too long. You know, we were we were both in the army together, so we got out actually on the same day. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with him again. Come over and have a drink. Thanks. Nice. All right, anyone else? 
All right. Well, moving to email iTunes reviews. So we got uh, a couple in the inbox here. Uh, first email reads, uh, hi, guys. I love listening <laughs> to your podcast. It always gets me thinking. I have some fairly decent stock on supplies. Live in uh, northern Saskatchewan where power outages happen a decent amount, and I live in the country, so uh, we grow our own food. Uh, it's not a 10-minute drive to the store. But what I do not have is a good backup for meds. Uh is it possible to cover antibiotics, backup, stock, and where you would suggest getting them from? Or would it be able to have some uh, someone speak towards traditional medicines uh, like birch bark uh, to replace aspirin, that type of idea? Uh, I've come across Jace Medical from the States where they ship a supply of basic antibiotics, but do not know if they'll be able to ship this way. Uh, I also know that in a real bind, you could use animal antibiotics or traditional medicines, but would love to hear more about this subject. Uh, thanks for what you do. And that's signed off, uh, Don. So we have kind of played around with the idea of having somebody come on that knows what they're talking about with, uh, with herbal medicines and that kind of thing. So uh, stay tuned. Hopefully we'll get that going uh at some point here, uh, as far as Jace Medical goes, they are actually available in Canada now. So I think I mentioned that two or three episodes ago. Um, I've got uh, an agreement with them through Rapid Survival uh, for a quick discount. So I will throw that in the live chat here. And uh, but they do uh, they do ship to Canada now. It is pricey, um, but they do send uh, their prescription antibiotics from a Canadian pharmacy with a receipt from a uh, Canadian pharmacy. So similar to what you would get, actually the exact same thing you would get if it was prescribed by your, your family physician or a physician here in, uh, in your respective province. Um, so I suspect that that's something that you could submit to benefits plan. If you have one through your work, don't quote me on that. Haven't tested it. Don't know if it would actually go through, but you do get a legitimate, um, receipt from the pharmacy showing all the DIN numbers and all that kind of stuff. So definitely something to look into, uh, but Jace is available in Canada. So uh, check that out and then uh, stay tuned for a future episode where hopefully we'll get somebody on that kind of knows um, those alternate types of medica or medication um, options. And we got another email from Dan and Dan says, Hey guys, love the podcast. have become a regular listener over the past couple of years. I've been surprised that solar pop can heater has never come up as an off-grid heat source. It's a very simple solar heater that anyone can build using their used pop or beer cans and a double pane window. I built a small one just to test it out by mounting it in a south-facing window and ran it using a little computer fan. It did produce a little bit of heat in that part of the house, and I always wanted to do it on a bigger scale with a rooftop unit. Life circumstances change. I've yet to go full scale with one with one, but this has always been in the back of my mind. Here's a link on how to build one. Keep up the great show. So the link is in the show notes. Um, I did follow it. Um, didn't seem to send me to any kind of weird page. It seemed to be what it said, um, which is nice, but it, uh, I've never heard of it before now. So that's why we haven't uh, talked about it. Um, it would definitely be Pinterest. interesting to build one and, um, to build one and give it a try. Um, perhaps yeah, if you've done this before, then give it. Then send us an email at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca, and we can uh, get you on the air and we can talk about it. Um, yeah. I'd love to see what a full scale what a full scale one would do and how this would work because uh, the, the the five minutes that I spent looking at this uh, this website that you sent was great. Um, 
but thanks for the kind words. I love I love the feedback. We um this is a this is a cool this is a cool one, especially because it takes like this particular one was like four by like two by four feet approximately, and you need like seventy two beer cans to do that. And step one is drink the beer. Uh, for that challenge. <laughs> so I, you know, that's that's right right up there with with my abilities and skills. So that's uh, <laughs> Pinterest. Um, yeah, Pinterest yeah. actually has uh, quite a few different instructable uh, posts or whatnot. Uh, there's been a few people that I've uh, I've seen before have built some of these. One guy put one on his kind of like the same backyard shed that I've got. Put one on, built it. It took the nip out of the air when it was really cold. Like uh, he, he was in the U.S. somewhere, not maybe as south as Greg is, but <laughs> bastard. Is and, degrees, <laughs> not sixty degrees. Yeah. But it, it it raised the temperature in his little backyard shed. He had it insulated, but no other heat source. It raised the temperature by five six degrees, and he had yeah. one that was a three by five. Same kind of thing, solar-powered fan on it just to, to, to move the air around, but it, it did increase the temperature, and he thought it was a success for himself. So, Yeah, it's I, definitely, I would, worth, definitely worth investigating. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I haven't looked into it, but I would kind of think it would be something I, in the last uh, podcast, I believe it was Pierre that mentioned about, you know, we had talked about like hot water bottles and just taking water bottles and setting them in the on the – shelf of your your window where the where the sun comes in heating up the water bottles and using it as a hot water bottle i could see that kind of being the same sort of design idea if you want to put it that way yeah i had a quick look at it uh, too and it's it it's, works kind of on the radiant heat uh, kind of setup where you get all the beer cans in you paint them black you line them all up in the the two between the two panes of glass and that radiates the heat through uh, it's a neat little setup it's uh, it would be something to kind of play around with and hey like like you said brad four or five degree difference is can be significant right it's uh yeah Greg won't have minus to put socks 30? On. yep you won't have to put his socks on with his crocs that's this is true <laughs> yeah. but it, I'd, I'd rather be in minus 25 degree temperature yep. than minus 30 100 outside yep Oh, that's great. Yeah, we appreciate the uh, the tip there, Dan. And I put the uh, the link in the live chat here, and it'll get its way into the uh, the show notes too for those of you listening to the audio version of this later. Uh, we do have another. Uh, this is actually a uh, an iTunes review that came in, uh, titled uh, "Heating an Apartment." It says just found this golden podcast. Uh, I live in a one bed bath apartment, and our uh, our heating is forced air, so your recommendations for second heating is a bit out of the question. Uh, I do plan to get some heavy-duty shades to help us, but is there any other good apartment-friendly ideas for secondary heating? And that is uh, signed off Pink Unicorn 606 via Apple Podcasts. Well, Pink, Pink Unicorn, Unicorn I, would, I would say I, go I see and a fake. Yep. <laughs> Clearly it's Ian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, mean, I would, I would suggest one. like a little, like a little buddy heater. Like if you're, if yep. it's a small apartment, like I would suggest following as as... the link above to the instructables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's that too. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, like a little, a little propane heater or a little, a little ceramic, uh, ceramic heater. As long as you have carbon monoxide detector, you've got a fresh air source, all that good stuff. Um, it might not be like comfortable, right? You might not be lounging around and like, you know, in your, in your, yep banana hammock and and sandals like greg there but it's uh probably better than freezing to death so yep um 
that would that would be my that would be my first choice. Um, just remember, if you're in an apartment, you can't take propane uh, in an elevator, so you have to walk up the stairs. Unless right. you don't get caught. <laughs> That's true. Okay, or, under or, TSSA regulations in Ontario, you can't carry propane up an ele- you can't take propane up an elevator, so you have to carry it up the stairs. Challenge accepted. I, I don't know. Way. Alan broke up there. Ian broke up there. Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah, that. I don't you don't know. need yeah, to repeat switched, it. Switched, yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you? Uh, about? Or you could you could try <laughs> that. Um, I mentioned it in the the last episode. And actually, somebody in the uh, the Discord actually made one to test it out. Those uh. uh Terracotta pot yep. heaters, the the candles and the, the upside down uh, clay pots, and again, not not a huge heat source, but you're in a one bedroom, uh, one bath apartment. I'm I'm gonna suggest that that you'd probably get some some decent use out of that. I would think so. Yeah. Especially if you made a couple, put one on the counter in the bathroom, put one on the counter in the yep. kitchen. You could probably heat it up nicely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean the heavy duty shades are great to keep the heat in. Obviously, use the uh, use the sun for heat if you can for for some solar mass. Get it into the apartment during the day and cover up the the window at night, and that can be good too. Put some rocks on a bookshelf behind the window. There you yep. go. Yep, all kinds of options. But uh, hopefully, those few will help you out a little bit, and you can get uh, get a little bit of heat if you need it in your your apartment. So with that, I will bring episode number 180 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, Please help us out, submit a review. It does help other people find us and also gives us something to chat about. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show and hear this in all its uncut unedited glory you can you can subscribe to the youtube channel canadian prepper podcast and click that notifications tab that will give you an alert when we're going live if you want to contact me directly you can get me at alan that's with one l at prepperpodcast.ca i do check those emails every once in a while and uh all i get is spam so you know send me something make me feel wanted And if you want to reach me, you can uh, just send a message through feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. I can be reached at batbradcpp at gmail.com if anybody wants to talk. Uh, you can find me at offthewallcustomizing at gmail, uh, sometimes on Discord, and the other CPP on Monday nights where I talk about why I hate government. <laughs> And you can reach me on the Discord app or at crossrifleranch at gmail.com. Great. And uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. I also tend to hang out in the Discord a lot more often now that Ian got punted. Uh, Or you can email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. Keep learning.